Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest, greatest, most expansive episode of Game Rifles. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, the soon-to-be owner of the PlayStation 5, Sean Templer. How's it going, Sean? It's good. I hope to be an owner of the PS5. I'm not sure yet. Uh, Pre-order chaos, but we'll probably dive into that in a bit, so... Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Like, I don't know what it. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, the fall is still the fall of gaming. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is officially fall. Um, hopefully, wherever you are, the weather is still nice because here it is turning into Wetsville. So um, let's just dive right into things. Uh, last week, as as well, I think it's almost two weeks now since of this recording. PlayStation has a showcase. They did. And they showed off more footage of games. They showed off footage of games that didn't have footage before, like, um, what's it called again? Demon Souls. Looked very sleek. Um, I think they had, like, overpowered. They had the OP modes on because everything that the player interacted died in one hit for the boss at the end. Um they also showed off Final... They, they, actually, you know what? This is what they kicked off with. Final Fantasy 16. As I live and breathe. I... Okay, so I did not hear about the rumors beforehand because I don't like spoiling myself, whether it's whether I think it's real or fake or whatever. So I did not see this coming. When I saw it, I legit thought it was something Final Fantasy 14 related. Some kind of um additional content that, uh, a lot of people thought it was an expansion for final fantasy 14 because it looked a bit like the same style and it was also being emulated yeah. on a pc and it is technically being made um at least by the same creative uh team that is doing final that has worked on final fantasy 14 um it has i think one of the lead um the lead story uh, guys from Final Fantasy XIV on it, and uh, one of the lead um, character designers. So that's why they look like it's from fourteen. It's from the same team uh, making it. So they're working on Final Fantasy XIV and also on Final Fantasy sixteen, which we haven't seen something like this happen in the Final Fantasy lineage since the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance team worked on Final Fantasy twelve. So that's pretty big. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was pretty yeah. underwhelming. And I did nothing to me. I saw it and I thought like, wow, really? I, honestly, Is I'm this not Final Fantasy VI? No, no, look, besides that I'm not into JRPGs, I mean, when uh -huh. they showed off Final Fantasy XV, that yeah. looked really amazing. That blew me away. And here okay. it, it really felt like, wow. Is this really which, going which, by the way, started out as a spin-off of the 13 lineage. I know, versus 13. Yeah. But, like, it just didn't do anything because it, it looked so <laughs> generic. I thought, like, oh, is this really how they want to start the show? And, and to be honest, that's kind of how the show felt to me for the first half. I really had, like, a, Lenny, is this how we're going to do this showcase? I need You need to wow me, Sony. You're not wowing me right now. I'm just like... <laughs> Oh, yay. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And that's coming from a PlayStation fan. I mean. Yeah, but you're not. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. 
I thought it looked interesting. The gameplay looked ridiculous because apparently they got um, a former a former Capcom employee who worked on the Devil May Cry series, um, mostly on the on the battle end of that spectrum. So that's why the battle looks like if, you, if exactly you just you know put a blonde ring on the dude and he looks like Dante and he's just. The only thing he misses is ebony and ivory while yeah. build, while wielding the sword. <laughs> so, I mean, it looks cool for for an action RPG, which I'm assuming it is because I don't think, even if it's using a battle system similar to 14s, 14s is actually pretty interesting for an MMO to begin with. Um, it's actually pretty good. It kind of reminds me of the Xenoblade games, which... You know, it has a similar battle mechanic, but then again, you could also say that it looks, uh, it reminds you of Final Fantasy XII, which I feel did not have, uh, that version of that battle mechanic was not that interesting. I mean, if you could do cool things with it, but yeah, I didn't really like it. But yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen. they showed off Miles Morales footage for the first time. Um, and then, um, yeah, there's a little whole lot bunch of stuff about that that we can get into later um they showed off a whole bunch of games they showed off as i said uh, demon souls they showed off a harry potter rpg which yeah. i didn't even know that they were working on. i heard a rumor a couple of years ago that they were working on that they that there was work being done on an mmo so no, i assumed this was an mmo this but then been, uh... that this was what was being rumored that it was not an MMO, but it was an RPG. It was like, oh, okay. yeah, then this was being rumored for years. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard it plenty of times in the last few years. Yeah. Um, I mean, growing up, uh, Final Fantasy, Harry Potter was fun, but um, this also did not do anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the game looks great. There's a lot of detail in it, but Harry, well, not Harry Potter itself, not the property, but a person who is responsible for the property kind of had some controversial things to say um, that people are not really gung-ho about. So a lot of gamers are kind of conflicted about this game because it looks, it actually looks pretty cool. Um, for me, it didn't do that much either, but that's only because I'm kind of over the whole Harry Potter thing in general. Yeah, I, I wonder if but... this game is not coming out too late because there's... Like if there was a Fantastic Beast, I think that's what the prequel kind of series is called. I think yeah, like, the spin-off. Yeah. yeah, if something like that was, if a movie like that released either now or is being released next year, I'd expect to be some kind of, uh, I wouldn't say hype, but expectation because then it kind of aligns with it. But it, I... it's just strange that this just comes out of the blue and I'm like, is, are people really waiting for this? I'm not even sure about that because the second movie, it, around the time the second movie's release is when the controversialness of the creator started to come out. So I don't know if people are excited to see the third movie of that franchise because they said it was going to be a trilogy, I think. Okay. Um, and well, I, I don't know, man. This there 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 there's a lot of people at the same time kind of looking forward to it. At the same time, it was like. This is timed really poorly for a lot of reasons. Um, 
so yeah i i don't know i i think it'll have an it'll have an audience regardless the people that can separate the creator from its work um those are going to at least enjoy it i think i don't know what the gameplay is going to be like if it's going to be interesting but you know we'll see once uh we get closer to release of that game uh no ratchet and clank this time around though nope. um no we got another look at call of duty black ops cold war yeah the single player which was nice and they also announced the uh, the alpha that was that's that happened the same weekend uh, yep. and if you and if you've been subscribed to uh, game rivals on youtube you can check out sean templar's impressions of the alpha they can indeed. <laughs> yeah, I have to put it in there, man. Otherwise, it's gonna be at the end, and people are. Oh, it almost feels like a selfless uh, self promotion. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. It's good. Um, yeah, Sean has some really cool things to say about the, the alpha, which I actually kind of thought was okay. That's that's interesting because I'm not a, I'm not a Call of Duty player really, um, but I am always curious to hear people's opinions and how it differs from other ones. Yeah. Uh, to see if there's been quite a mix-up uh, and it seems like there have been some changes and some changes that I, I actually am for so yeah um, go check it out but they did show that off the trailer I mean it, it it's a Call of Duty trailer it's it's you know it's the hype train it's the it's it's the popcorn um it's the popcorn trailer that you know gets you excited for I, all that's what action. I always loved about the Call of Duty games the single player is really good yeah um i st- i still haven't finished call of duty modern Warfare Warfare 2 but oh my god it, it was i mean it was it was i it was i it was not i it was good <laughs> oh my god you, you, seriously you are one of the worst gamers ever that i know when it comes to completing stuff but come ah, come on you know me i'm not a first person kind of guy you say that about a lot of things. I mean, I literally, I almost had to chase you down to finish Horizon Zero Dawn. That was that. I did finish, I did finish The Last of Us on time, so. Ooh, that's only because we were going to do the spoiler cast. Otherwise, you'd still be <laughs> waiting for that. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they announced some other stuff. I mean, I don't, for some stuff, I don't understand. I mean, they showed Resident Evil Village again or Resident Evil 8 basic trailer. Looks cool. I think Troy Baker's in it because I heard a voice that really sounded like him. Um, That's probably him then. Yeah, they showed Deathloop, which I'm really looking forward to, made by Arcane, mm-hmm. um, which is come. It was supposed to come out this year, but it got postponed to Q2 next year. Yeah. Um, and then they showed a game which I honestly don't understand: Devil May Cry Five Special Edition. They're coming out with a remaster for the PS5. Why? Seriously? Oh, I could tell why? you why. I could tell you why. Because tell me. It's, because it's Japan. Because it's Japan, and that's just what they do. They release, they re-release games if they have the opportunity to do so. The only reason why a game like, for example, Monster Hunter World did not get a Ultimate Edition like they normally do is because this got an international release, and because it was on more powerful systems that allows for a continuous online connection, they were essentially their hand was essentially forced, and they had to do it in a DLC format. Because otherwise, they would have released. If it was up to them, they would have just re-released Monster Hunter World again as Monster Hunter World Ultimate, because that's what they've always done. This is the first time that they've done it with through DLC. Okay. So I'm honestly not. I honestly would not be surprised if Monster Hunter Rise 
which we're going to talk about later, would not get a similar treatment because, you know, because it's on the Switch. Yeah, I mean... But that's honestly the only reason why... Because they can resell you the game with all the content in it for a cheaper price, but we'll get into that as well. Oof. Yep. Um, but yeah. It, yeah. it looks pretty. I mean, I mean it's Devil May Cry. I, I stopped playing Devil May Cry years ago. I think the last one I played was the demo on the PS3, like the first one that came out on PS3. I mm. played a demo and I was like, oh, it looks pretty, but it's not my kind of game. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, and then yeah, we got another look at Oddworld Soulstorm. Uh, I remember yeah, a, little, a, little, a little peek, a little peek. Yeah, and then some teaser for a horror game called Five Nights, Nights at Freddy's Scary oh, Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a teaser. I mean, it's another, it's another Five Nights at Freddy's game. You know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got Demon Souls. Which, to be honest, I had Demon Souls on PS3. I'm never a fan of the the Souls, Bloodborne, Neo kind of games because I just don't have the patience for it. But this looked so cool that I actually thought, like, you know, if that game's ever in a sale, I might actually pick it up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're not going to pick it up for the price that they're selling it. Nope. We, uh, we got, a, for the Fortnite fans out there, we got a, a trailer showing Fortnite running on Unreal Engine 4, so they'll be available on launch with the PS5. Probably yep. uh, get ray tracing as well, because the PC version now supports ray tracing. So it'll I'm be assuming in there. that will be the case. Yep. And then it'll we be weird if they didn't, though. The f- f- PS5 release, you mean? Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be strange, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got something interesting, which is called the PlayStation Plus Collection. Um, oh boy! Um, do you want to get into this one? Because I it's think we not should. What people, because it's not what people think it is. Okay, I think people. Or at least it's it not what be, people originally thought it was. Yeah, I think people expect it to be a Game Pass competitor, but initially, I would say that it's not that because what they've basically done is they've curated. A, a collection of games that were standout games for this generation. So, for example, yeah. Uncharted 4, God of War, Fallout 4, uh, Bloodborne, mm-hmm. uh, Days Gone. Um, so, I mean, for so, so far I've seen it's an added benefit that's coming to the PS5. So you don't have to pay extra for it, which is nice. Kind of, sort of. But, um, I, I don't, I think... It's aimed at a specific group of people, mm. and we're not that group because we both had a PS4. But I think this is, in a way, aimed at people, or like the primary audience would be the people that switch from an Xbox or the people that switch from a Switch. Aw. That, that basically, they've missed oh, out funny. on this. No, I'm just, la- I'm just laughing because of the joke. But yeah. um, I think it's for them because they have been unable to experience these games. And for them, it's an opportunity to play these games. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I'm assuming it's for them, and it's for people that have that basically skipped out the previous generation and are and um, are looking to getting into this generation. So I don't know. Um, maybe uh, I mean it's for it's for both, right? So you have the people that have never played PlayStation Four. You have the people that might be switching from Xbox to PlayStation because they look at, for example, the digital edition and say, oh, that's actually a pretty sweet deal. You're not giving up on the fidelity of the graphics or anything, even though you have to pay 100 
bucks more um, over the Series S. So to make it a lot more palatable for people that might be willing to invest in backwards compatibility on PlayStation 4, Sony with the PlayStation Plus collection is saying, whoa, slow your roll. You might need not you may not need to have to do that. We're gonna give you some PlayStation 4 classics um for the time being. We don't really have a clear image of what that's gonna look like. If this is gonna be it, I'm assuming that they're gonna add more games down the line. But that doesn't necessarily need to be the case because if you heard Sean Templar mention a bunch of games that are exclusive to PlayStation or made by PlayStation themselves, one of the games of them is missing. Uh, And far be it for me to say that uh, this is not what you think that it's going to be, but I think, honestly, I guess we just have to wait until, you know, it comes out, the PlayStation 5, until we get a little bit into the launch and see how it goes, see what kind of games that are going to be. So PlayStation uh, Collection, uh, PlayStation Plus Collection looks really cool. Um, they would be running at a higher frame rate. They're going to take some advantage of the fact that it's running on a PlayStation 5. PlayStation Plus Collection is not coming to PlayStation 4, so PlayStation 4 owners, I mean, you if you're a PlayStation 4 owner, you probably either already played these games or own them. So it's... It's not really an added value. The main question comes with this, because if they're doing that for PlayStation 5, does that mean that they're going to stop giving people the free games every month on PlayStation 5 and it's just going to be a PlayStation 4 thing? And expanding on that, are they going to stop doing that for PlayStation 4 eventually? Because they did for the for the PlayStation 3, but to be fair, they also did it for a pretty long time within the PlayStation 4's life cycle. And that was pretty neat. I think they are still doing the Sony PlayStation thing where people where they say that they're supporting a system for 10 years. Right now, the PlayStation 4 family of systems is, what, seven, eight, seven or eight years old? Uh, so seven has, years, uh, 20 yeah, years. So it, okay, so it has three years on it. So I think they're going to support PlayStation Plus games on PlayStation 4 for at least another three years. Before they say, you know what, it's been long enough, you probably own a PlayStation 5, and if you don't, we're going to cut you off, so now you have to buy a PlayStation 5. To yeah, I mean, it's not but, strange. I mean, the resources are shifting right now, as it is already. Yeah. I was kind of surprised it, about the Horizon and the, and the Spider-Man thing. Yeah, so coming to that, I was as I was just mentioning, you are missing some games from this. One of them is Spider-Man, which is not part of the PlayStation Plus collection, but it is part of Miles Morales Ultimate Edition, which is the only way you can play that version of Spider-Man Remastered. If you have a PlayStation 4 disc, you can use backwards compatibility, but it's not going to look as pretty as the one that comes with Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to be honest, and this has been a conversation or discussion we've been actively having, and I'm a bit fed up about it because it, I mean, 
people are, are making a big issue out of it. And I understand that you want to be able to pop in your disc and get the PS5 version for free, but you don't want to pay for it. I mean, I get that. Uh, smart delivery. <laughs> smart delivery. No, no. It I is. No. Yes. Get yes. out of here with, the, with that. St- I'm almost going to swear, and then we're going to get issues with this. Smart delivery is nothing more than a stupid marketing trick. Because basically what they're saying is mm-hmm. all games are coming out on Xbox One, all games are coming out on PC, and all games are coming out on Series S and X. If I have an, X, uh, an Xbox One right now and I play the games for the next two years and I switch to an Xbox S or an X, I'm not going to play games from two years ago. So what use is smart delivery for me? I'm not going to say, oh, let me play Halo Infinite on uh, on Series X now. I've been playing the game on one for two years now. So why uh, let me switch to the Series X. You're not going to do that because you're going to buy the re- the true games that are made for the S or the X. So it's it's just this simple marketing thing in which they say, oh, look, we're doing it. And people are falling for it. This coming from the guy who was floored by the fact that when he saw 4K on his uh, on his PlayStation Pro, uh, PlayStation 4 Pro yeah. and on his PC when he revisited games that he played before I understand it's the same thing it's the same thing that's the that's the difference PlayStation is not doing that it's offering minimal upgrades if you're using the backwards compatibility, but you have to pay extra if you want to remake. But that's on. something different because Sony in this case says, Sony in this case says, we're not going to make us a, a smart delivery kind of label. We're giving it, we're giving the option to the developers. So if people want to do it, they can do it. So for example, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to do it. Uh, the Witcher 3, funnily enough, is going to get an extra upgrade. Um, but for example, Madden, is going to be like a window. So if you're out of the window, you're out of luck. So it, it Sony leaves it up to the developers, which I understand. But this is something completely different that people are making such a big issue out of. The Spider-Man remastered is basically a remaster of the whole game. It doesn't make sense for them to give that away for free because they've actually put time, well, money, and resources it, in. Here's the thing. I'm not even saying that you give it away for free, but at least give people that have been loyal to PlayStation the option to play that version once they pop in their disc. They can with backwards compatibility. <laughs> but it's not the same as the... Re- you know what? You know, and we, you know what? Until, until that version comes out and we can, we can have Digital Foundry compare it side by side, yeah. this conversation doesn't go anywhere. But the only thing that I'm going to say about this, this point is that having, having people buy the Miles Morales... Because here's the thing. You can buy Miles Morales on PlayStation 4, and if you then decide to upgrade to uh, the PlayStation 5 version, that's free. But if you want the, the Spider-Man remake next to it to upgrade to the Ultimate Edition, then you suddenly have to pay 20 bucks for it. So that makes even less sense. So why does that one get the free upgrade, but Spider-Man doesn't? Because Spider-Man is a game that came out a couple of years ago. Dude, that doesn't make sense. They're both coming out on PlayStation 4. You know what? It's fine. I still think that uh, smart delivery is a smart move by Microsoft. You don't have to agree with that. I don't. But, honest, but, but honestly, I think this is a point for Microsoft in that kind no, of No, because smart delivery is the same thing like crossplay. Everybody was bitching and moaning about crossplay. And Sony said, we're not going to do it. And they, people kept on moaning. And then Sony eventually said, you know what? Fine. Here's crossplay. Nobody talks about crossplay now. 
And in fact, no, because nobody... people are using crossplay. No, I'm playing. Oh, I am. I'm playing Call of Duty on the on the PlayStation One. We either turn it off, and if we have it turned on, we rarely get cross matched with someone else because basically no one's using it. I mean, Man. I get you use it on your Switch because <laughs> that's a Switch, but I mean, watch it. The amount of issues people made of it compared to actual amounts of people using it sounds like way less same with backwards compatibility people are making such a big deal out of backwards compatibility but in the end the amount of people that actually use backwards compatibility is so small that you're, you're almost like dude why are you constantly whining about backwards compatibility whereas you're not even using the feature you know what? Fine, because we've had this conversation multiple times. I'm going to lay it to the listeners at this point because I'm going to put it on our on our Instagram. And if you've been and if you listen to this on uh, if you listen to this on on Spotify or uh, whatever, if you're listening to this right now, if you listen, if you're seeing this on YouTube. A- answer this question very simply. Do you think or not do you think, but. Do you use crossplay? And if so, is it something that you enjoy doing or not? Same goes for backwards compatibility. I'm going to ask that question as well, especially towards the Xbox crowd because because they have been getting the Xbox 360 and original Xbox backwards compatibility for some time now. Do you still use it? Do you explore it? We want to know because otherwise it's just our own experiences versus what you guys are experiencing. Let, let me just put it maybe differently. Does it add value to you knowing that it is there? I mean, will you switch to an Xbox because there's smart delivery and backwards compatibility? Or are you like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I'm curious. I, yeah, I want to know as well. Because, I mean, this is a discussion we've been having with a couple of people for almost a whole week. And if, <laughs> and I got to the point where I thought like if if one person – the next person that starts to talk about backwards compatibility, smart delivery, or Miles Morales, I will punch you in the face because I'm just <laughs> fed up with it. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm going to be honest because I was just, for the most part, I was just like sitting back and enjoying the back and forth. That was yeah, fun. because you're a Nintendo guy. You don't have much to add to the conversation. I have plenty to add, but you just won't listen. So I, I, I just stopped trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called, but, it's called passion. Uh-huh, sure. Um but yeah, as as this chaos has been railing on, so have other chaos has been railing on because um they also announced the price for the PlayStation 5 and, and it was pretty date. much what we and, and the release date it was pretty much what we predicted. It was going to be 399 for the digital version and 499 for the uh disc version, which makes okay. sense. Okay. Um Here's the thing though. The pre-orders were supposed to start on the 17th. Someone, I don't know who and I don't know why. But I can I'm tell you sure, who and why. But I'm, but I'm pretty sure that at least most gamers are glad that it kind of happened the way it did, even though initially people were angry. Um, it went up a day early. From what I saw, Walmart jumped the gun and they said, we're going to do it right now. Because the, everybody had agreed, Sony said you can start pre-orders tomorrow, and everybody was in agreement with that. And then Walmart jumped the gun and said, "No, no, we're going to do it right now." And then all the retailers eventually said, "Okay, we have to follow because we can't just sit by and watch." That was in the U.S. In mm-hmm. the Netherlands, it started the day after. Yeah, yeah. 
but here you can here you just see that if a retailer jumps the gun, then it's all out chaos, and then everybody just suits follow. It's almost like if he yeah. jumps off a bridge, everybody jumps off the bridge. I would I would call it a domino effect. Dang, Sean, <laughs> that went dark. <laughs> Why? I didn't say he died. I just said he jumped off the bridge. Anyways, um, it's coming out in on the twelfth of November in the U.S., Japan. Australia, Mexico, South the Korea, the U- no, the UK is, I think, with us. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, a week later on the, 19th. on the 19th, it's coming out in the rest of the world. Uh, except yeah. for China, they're still working on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, what, what, what else? Uh... They announced, and that was the surprise because I think nobody saw it coming. They, they ended it with a so one more thing to put it that way, and that was a teaser right. for God of War. And I, mm-hmm. th- I don't know if it's going to be called Ragnarok, but it's like a super simple teaser. Ragnarok is coming, and it's coming out next year. Yeah, which I th- is the surprise, I think. Because people keep calling it God of War Ragnarok, and I don't think that Sony has acknowledged that it's called that. Yep. They just said the next God of War. So they might go with that title. They may also not go with that title. So, you know, don't get too attached to God of War Ragnarok. I actually wonder if it's going to come out next year because it feels too soon. All they showed was an animated title sequence. Nothing more. No gameplay trailer. Um, They did have the voice actor say, uh, you know, the voice actor for Kratos say something. And I like, that's it. So, and they said 2021. So, but that's, yeah. I, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's going to be 2021. I think they're going to push it. Yeah. Um, Nintendo fans got a PNG of Metroid Prime 4, and we're still years away from that coming out. So, <laughs> oh. so don't trust it when you only see a teaser and it's only a title screen. Cause, I mean, yeah, that's not coming out anytime soon. Sony hasn't, I mean, look at The Last of Us. That, that, that game got pushed three times or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, they weren't the only ones that are having pre-order chaos because in that same, I think on the same day where the surprise surprise pre-orders for PlayStation went live, that's when the pre-orders for the RTX uh, 3080 went live, um, at least in the US. And uh, oh boy, the scalpers had a field day, uh, mostly because they knew when it was going, when it was supposed to release. And um, from the reports that I've seen from other people's uh, own accounts, it was they like they, they were there minute like minute negative ten, and they were already seeing that the 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 sites that they were wanting to pre- try and get a pre order from was slowing down, crashing the whole time, and not even ten minutes after the hour, everything was sold out. I think it was sold out in a, literally a second because they used bots, a lot of yeah. them. And a, a lot of people lot. said, I was constantly refreshing the NVIDIA site. And it literally went from notify me one second to out of stock the second after. So yeah. people basically were unable to get it. And apparently stock seems to be really low. NVIDIA has said that they're ramping up uh, production. But they said that this issue could be there for months. Um, I have yep. two friends that... Uh, pre-ordered it in a, at a big retailer here in the Netherlands, and there uh, one is uh, like 36th on the list, and the other one is the 90th on the list. 
and they Was have no uh, media marked no uh, alternate which is kind of a big oh, okay uh, okay i know alternate yeah yeah, yeah so um what's cool is that uh, they made a tool and other websites have done it as well where you can just fill in your order number and you can see what your position in the line is oh, um, cool. yeah and they ordered the uh, uh, the they call it AIB so partner cards and an ASUS one which is one mm -hmm. of the better ones um, I know that the founder's edition is just sold out yeah obviously yeah, and the 3090 yeah. came out this week and it has the same issue yeah, but the, the honestly, the the whole the the worst part is that the scalpers were bragging about it online on Twitter too, yep. and they were referencing the 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 tool the tool that they were using because, um, because apparently they have a Twitter account as well, and they tried to and they tried to bribe a YouTuber because the a YouTuber was um that was essentially calling them out. And then they were like, oh, well, it's not really that. Uh, but if you're having problems getting one, we can get help you get one. And your viewers, too, is like, okay, wow, that's, that's clearly a bribe. <laughs> it's like, wow, really? No yeah. shame there at all. But the problem is that because there are no laws against scalping or using scalping tools, nope. they can get away with stuff. I, mean, like I, I don't understand why they do it like with sneakers. Just do a raffle. Because you still have scalpers scalping it. Because the the scalpers right now are selling their pre-orders for the RTX 3080 for thousands of dollars. I know, but like in now, the reason they were able to scalp is because they used bots. Because one said, one guy said, I used a bot and I was able to get 48 cards. I mean, yeah, if you, I think if you like a raffle, you, you probably, I don't know if there's a bot for raffles, but. I mean, oh, there probably is. I, I don't know, but like it, it, I would say that if you use a raffle, you minimize the chance or you lower the possibility of, of it happening so more people are able to get uh, a card. Or just, you know, don't okay, bring it out. Sure. Say, say yeah. like, okay, you know what? This is the card. This is the price. We're going to launch in, in a month or we're going to launch in two months. Because they kind of try to pull like a, a tech giant launch with saying like, hey, this is this is the card and it's coming out next week. And like some tech yeah. giants can do that, but someone like Nvidia can't. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. Here's what really mattered: the retailers and the and the, and Nvidia themselves um, basically have to up their web their web shop game because it's all trash. Oh, I know. It's twenty it's twenty twenty, and scalpers can do this stuff. It's trash. But like, the, from what I've seen, is that every time there's like a big graphics card release in which there is a huge performance boost mm. stocks are, are crappy and every time it's like a, a an evolutionary jump st stock is plenty you know so yeah this is something that has happened for years apparently well that makes sense because they by that time they've refined the production uh yeah. methods for it so they can make them plenty and faster yeah i mean from based on what i've heard like nvidia hasn't has just only recently started production like with, exactly. with some companies, I mean, Sony, for example, and Microsoft as well, they said, okay, we're coming out in November and they started mass production like last month, I believe. Yeah. So they, they're like oh, churning wow. out really units. Cool. That's, yeah, <sighs> like that. I mean, do something like that. Say like, okay, we're going to come out in a month. So that way, at least you have a little bit more supply than saying we're going to come out next week and then people get angry. And now there's also something going around that some RTX cards are having issues with shutdowns or black screens or intermediate shutdowns or whatnot. 
And apparently it's got something to do with the quality of the transistors or the re- things they've used on the boards. So oh, like, no. for example, some partners cheaped out on co- certain components and that's causing the, the cards to shut off or give issues. When you get above the two gigahertz mark for mm. the performance, um, the cards start to act funny. And some part, some companies like Aces hasn't done that. They've gone all out and they've just put in the money. That's why they can charge a premium because you have a reliable card. There are other partners that have just cheaped out on components and uh, the internet's starting to flood with that. And some are speculating that they'll just underclock the cards by bringing out an update. So you won't really get what you're paying for in a way because it will mm-hmm. impact your performance. Uh, some are saying like, yeah, some will just remanufacture the cards and then maybe through a warranty or whatever, you can swap them out. But that's like an, an extra thing on top of, oh, you can't yeah, get but one. The, and if you but, get but one... In, but in those kind of instances, you can't really blame NVIDIA on that one. It's just the, the manufacturers, that the third-party manufacturers that use the chips. The um, funny thing is, is there there's a lot of speculation that NVIDIA is to blame because they're oh, so okay. hush-hush and so secret around the whole card that... For example, the, the the partners didn't even get the uh, drivers like up to the last moment, but then oh. the production has already started. So they can only do like simple things like does the car turn on and what kind of degrees does the car reach if we put it under load, but there's no performance testing it for them because it's all so secret. So, and nobody's talking about it. So they're speculating that NVIDIA has said to everybody, like, this is something we're not going to address and you're not allowed to talk about it. And if you do, then you've got big problems with us. So there's, it only started to surface this week because uh, a, a pretty big site in Germany, I think, Igor's lab, did some technical research around it and found out some things. And now it's starting to become this, this issue. So I'm like, wow, okay. I didn't expect that to happen. And at the other side... AMD is going to launch their new graphics cards at the end of next month. And they're gloating about the fact that they might actually have enough supply for people uh, when it comes out. I would not say that considering that, you know what? It's fine if they have enough, but it will never be enough because scalpers are jerks. Yeah. I don't know. uh, Depending on the, the, if the the car's not interesting, they should get some, I don't know, jail time or something. (laughs) Don't go past start. You don't get 200. Go straight to jail. <laughs> exactly. Monopoly style. Yeah. Um, even Microsoft had some uh, Xbox uh, pre-order. Wow. Her, their, theirs was pretty unique, by the way. Oh, yeah. But also pretty uniquely because of the way that they have been marketing these systems. Okay. Where do we begin? So, with at least with Microsoft, um, they were saying that they were going to be careful um they would actually penalize retailers if they started yeah, early exactly so it launched when it was the pre-orders launched when they were supposed to people got the pre-orders but it went by really quickly um the best way to i mean the best way to get it was through microsoft's own uh store because there, at least they, what it seems what what they've done, what they did there was set up a interval system, where it will say that it's sold out, but then uh, through like I think minutes, like minutes or hours later, um, you'd suddenly see the pre-orders pop up again, and then you'd be able to pre-order. Well, and they have this, they have this like waiting. 
No, not yeah, not before what? Before was PlayStation. Before or after the site crashed? Because Microsoft literally. Oh no, that was after the site crashed. The site literally crashed. I think, from what I heard, it was as soon as pre-orders were live, the site crashed because they couldn't handle the traffic. Yeah. Now this was. I think it was set up, but because of the volume, the site crashed regardless. Yeah. But this is more about setting the orders because what it does is, um, it doesn't tell you that it does that. But this is people's speculation on this is that once you once you're able to get into the store, put it in your cart, and then try and order it, it takes a really, really long time for it to go through. And I think what happens in that time while, it, while, the, while the indicator is spinning is that it puts you in a virtual queue, but it doesn't tell you that. It just says, don't refresh, which, you know, it shouldn't. But apparently, um, some people had problems where... The website refreshed on its own. Whoops! So it kicked them out of the oh line. They had to, and they and they had to wait again. Um, but yeah, so it you just had to wait until it finally processed your order. But some people, because we have already said that the naming convention is not very handy. I was afraid it was going to happen. <laughs> Accidentally pre-ordered Xbox, pre-ordered no less, pre-ordered Xbox One X yep. instead of the Series and X. And the funny thing is, is that thing is not being manufactured anymore. Exactly. So how did that even happen? I think lasting stock. I guess. Uh, to be honest, I don't think that the Series <laughs> X sold the the One X sold so well. Mm, I know that they stopped manufacturing, but I also know that Microsoft was still selling them on their site but the weird thing is is what it was letting their pre-order on the pre-order day so i think somewhere in the web code lines got mixed and of course people are like is this the right one uh, there's an x in it right wait the other one had an x in it too uh whatever oh Click. <laughs> but uh I, I i'm not sure if there if microsoft is going to rectify it i haven't i hadn't seen anything about it yet just a lot of people <laughs> realizing that they bought yeah. the One X. <laughs> I, I know in the case of Sony, Sony and Sony never does this. So this was a kind of a, a unprecedented move. Sony went on yeah. to Twitter and said, hey, we messed up. We're sorry. We're going to make sure that a, a, a new pre-orders will be available uh, in the coming days. And we're also working around the clock to make sure that there's a lot more stock throughout the year um, instead of only on launch day. I mean... I just went to a retailer and I said like, Hey, um, what are my options? And they told me the amount of digital editions and disc editions. I want the digital edition. So those were considerably less. So I said, you know what? Hook me up. So I pre-ordered, paid my 50 bucks and I hope I'll get it on day one. If I don't get it on day one, to be honest, and this sounds weird, mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to get into all kinds of shady moves just to get it. I'm not going to race around the, the Netherlands just to get a digital edition. I'm all in on the digital edition. I want the digital edition, even if they say like, hey, we have the disc edition. No, I don't want that ugly, bumpy disc drive. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm committed right now, okay? And I, I understand it's going to suck because I'm going to have to pay 80 bucks for every game, but I'm committed. And All if right. I don't get one, so, I'm gonna play Cyberpunk on PC. <laughs> the so just, but so as we were talking, just for 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 giggles, I was checking out one of the bigger gaming retailers in the Netherlands called Game Mania, 
And on the site, it says you can pre-order the PlayStation 5, both models. Um, I think you still have to do it in-store. Yep, you can do it online. Yeah. yeah, it does show it on the website. It doesn't show that it's sold out or anything. It just says, you know, go to the store for your pre-order. But I think they're kind of jacking up the, the, the pre-orders because uh, Robin, who was in the Last of Us spoiler cast, he actually mm-hmm. went to the game, uh, the game Mania uh, that day uh, of the pre-orders. And the guy at the Game Mania said... I don't know how many pre-orders we have. I don't know what the stock is going to be. I can't tell you. So I can't guarantee you're going to get one on day one. Yeah, I mean, that that's basically what they always tell them to do because... Yeah, but like the they, media market, for example, says... No, no, yeah. They said um, pre-orders, you can pre-order it, but the, the, the available units on launch, it will be scarce. So we can't guarantee you that you'll get one on day one. Uh, probably not, but at least you'll be in line to get it because they're working off of a list. So, yeah, I mean, it's, Game Mania works almost the same way. It's a first come, first serve in terms of pre-orders. Um, so, if you were able to get to your local Game Mania fast enough to uh, to get into the official pre-order line, um, if your name is up there in the in the first five. 10 people, I'm assuming that you'll get one. The funny thing is they've been doing pre-orders for a year. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I mean, they started last year. But but here's the thing. Game Mania is very good at honoring those things. So if if they they had to plunk some money down to pre-order it um, when they did, they're honoring that. Uh, The better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Oh, and yeah. by the way, this is for the American listeners. Media Markt is Media Markt, not Media Market. I've seen so many videos that were talking about the the, the pre-orders in Europe and calling Media Markt Media Market. Where do you see the et yeah, behind I, the word? It's Media Mark Mart. It's not that hard. Mart. But it's. It's basically they just translate the word mark to mark. And don't translate it. It's not a it's not like a weird foreign word. It's mart. It's like sharp mart. Uh no. In other news, something that did surprise us completely this week was and this literally blew off my socks, and I'm happy that it happened. Well, I, I was in a fugue state for like a whole day. I'm, i I think everybody it, it almost felt like uh I, what I loved about certain Battlefield games, I think it was Bad Company 2, that when a grenade would go off nearby you, you would hear this sound, and then yeah, the you would just hear your ear ringing. And it, it, I, I was, it felt like that the whole day. Like, I'm just numbed and, and zoned out. I'm just hearing a, 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 num- a sound in my ear, and I'm just thinking, oh, what happened? Basically, what happened is Microsoft bought ZeniMax Media for $7.5 billion. Talk about a megaton. Yeah, and those who don't know ZeniMax, they are the parent company of Bethesda, so they get franchises such as Doom, Elder Scrolls, Starfield, Fallout, uh, Wolfenstein. They also get Arcane, so Dishonored. Um, They have like a a, a whole bunch of studios. I think now Microsoft Stable has grown to 23 owned studios. Mm Mm-hmm. And you think they'd be happy with that? That they've said they're going to continue acquisitions. Uh... This, I, I, the, the, the day this dropped because it dropped on a Monday of all days, yep. the day before the pre-orders went live. Yep. 
And the whole day, even to myself, the only thing that I could muster up as soon as my thoughts even drifted towards that what had happened was, what a baller move. Yep. And it, it still, it, oh my goodness, what a baller. I'm thinking about it now. I'm just thinking, what a baller move. Yep. Seven, they spent $7.9 7. billion. $7.5 billion. It might as well have been $8 billion. Yep. Good grief. They have that much money lying around. That apparently to them is, oh, I found some extra change it's in it, the yeah, cloud. Yeah. Let me buy a whole empire of game studios. Yep. Because that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Wow. A friend Jeez. of mine mentioned, he said like, well, shit, Microsoft basically owns all the big Western RPGs now. And I thought like, Whoa, that's so true. I didn't really? even think about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, like, really? the only outside of, uh, yeah, outside of like the stuff that comes from Warner Brothers or Dragon Age or something like that, like, all major Western RPGs are now under Microsoft's banner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they've said that. Like, is also a part of it, by the way. So, yeah. which means if there's a Prey fanboy in Microsoft Studios, we might see a revival of that one as well because the last game was not really received that well. But the funny uh, thing is, it was a really good game. It just didn't sell. Yeah, it wasn't a bad game from what I heard, yeah. but still. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think it took too long for it to come out. Uh, I don't know. I saw an episode around it on uh, No Clip around uh, some of the uh, iconic levels. Pretty cool done. Uh, it, it underperformed, but it was it was just generally a good game. But yeah, you, you get that often. I mean, Dishonored was also a good game, and it also underperformed. Yeah, it, it, it's just a bottle move. Man. Yeah, I mean, uh, every, you know, the funny thing is, everybody's speculating about, okay, okay, but uh, Sony now going to do acquisitions because the ball's in their court. And I'm like, yes and no. I mean, if Sony is going to do acquisitions, they won't do this kind of because they simply don't have the cash for it, but they'll do more strategic ones. Like everybody's saying, oh, Sony should buy From Software or Sony should buy Bluepoint. Uh, Bluepoint would be a good one because... Bluepoint makes really good remasters. Yeah, but have you seen... I don't remember anything original from Bluepoint. I, but to be honest, if you have a studio that is so skilled and remasters, you can just churn out remasters a whole generation and people will just buy it for the sentiment or for the, for the part of nostalgia. I mean... <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I think... We skipped the part of the Sony news, didn't we? I just realized. Which is... Which is the price of the video games. Well, I briefly mentioned it, but that's something that, I mean, I've... Because if you're saying that they should buy Bluepoint and just churn out remasters, the, uh, Demon's Souls is coming out as a remaster on PlayStation 5, yep. or at least here in Europe, for 80 euros, which yeah. is nuts. But I don't think, let me put it this way. It's 70 bucks in the States, but yeah. that's still a lot of money. I mean... I, uh, and this has been a discussion that's been going on for a long while in the industry this year, is that our game's going to go to the $70 price point, and eventually they oh, did. I don't mind, I don't mind that no. for new games, yeah. but if you're going to tell me that you're going to charge remasters the same cost... But basically they're charging... In the previous generation, they didn't do that, because for the previous generations, whenever they did a, re a, a remaster or a remake or whatever, it was either, if it was a re uh, if it was a remake, then fine. That yeah. tends to be 60 bucks, whatever. But if it was a remaster, that that was 40, 30 if you were lucky, but mostly 40. Yeah. 
that is not the new price anymore. The new price is either 60 or 70 bucks. And in Europe, it's either 60 or 80 euros, which is, I I don't know what the translation is there for Europe, why it's that much higher. I think it has to do there- with uh, the difference in uh, in currency, because if they put a game, if they make a game 70 bucks, it will automatically be 60 here because of the currency difference. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like what I don't understand is, is why Sony, I mean, here a game is 60 euros. So mm-hmm. why don't, and that's MSRP. So why don't they say, okay, MSRP is going to be 70 euros. I mean, normally they just translate the dollar. I mean, the, the, the PlayStation 5 is $4.99 in dollars, $4.99 in euros. So like yeah. they're not doing anything there because so, it's basically cheaper if you buy it here because of the currency difference. So I don't understand that. Why, are, why aren't they saying, okay, MSRP is going to be 70 euros? No, they're mm-hmm. adding 20 euros on top of it right now, whereas in the States, it's only 10 bucks that's going up. And that's just the thing because now what I'm going to have to do this, or have to do, what I'm going to do this, this next generation is I'm only going to buy the Sony exclusives on the PS5 and then I'm either going to play the rest on my PC or I'm going to wait for a sale, or if it's really a good, compelling game that justifies it for spending 80 bucks on it, I'll do it. Whereas with this generation, I just bought whatever I wanted to buy because I was like, I was this high roller going in saying, I want that one, I want that one, give me that, give me that. No, but like 60 is a little bit different compared to 80. And people will say, yeah, but you're you're causing this for yourself because you're going all digital and if you go the disc route, yeah, you'll maybe be able to buy games for 70. And I, that's, I get that. that's honestly, that's that's the other thing that I'm also kind of worried about because the, the the argument that people were having up until this point is that, well, at least if you buy the disc version, you can guarantee that you can get it um, used for cheaper. Yeah. But by how much? Because even now, if you buy a game, especially a hot anticipated game used, at best, it's ten bucks cheaper. At worst, it's a game that didn't sell well, so they yeah. throw it in the in the in the budget bin for twenty five bucks. Yeah, like Death Stranding, for example. I bought Death Stranding, I think, a month or maybe two months after it came out. It came out in November, and I think I bought it in December. I was able for to, buy, yeah, I was able to buy it secondhand for thirty bucks because I think the guy that the game didn't really like it but that was my luck i mean yeah. everywhere else it was 40 50 second hand and i and i know that i'm missing out on this and i know people will laugh at me but to be honest i'm just i'm just being honest yes it's partially a looks thing i just i think the, the digital edition is, is prettier secondly because there's no disk drive in it it will produce less noise because now when i pop in a disc in my playstation it produces a lot of noise because it's constantly reading the disc it's also going to use a little bit less power. And to be honest, next next gen, which isn't even a word, I think, but the <laughs> generate so like the PS6 and the Xbox XX Series X or whatever they're going to call it, they probably will go all digital because I think this this is the last generation that we're going to get disc-based games. And after this, it, it, it will be all digital. If you look at PC... PC gaming is almost all digital. If uh, a company does a digital or a disc release, they make something out of it, like that it's worth the money because they throw in all sorts of cool stuff. But basically, everybody just buys stuff through Steam and the Epic Game Store. And consoles aren't there yet. But in next, in the next 15 years, when the next generation comes up, I think we're going to get there. Yeah. 
Um, I'm I'm curious to see how that's gonna go. But we still have a couple of years, so you know, the whatever the future may bring, it'll bring it. Yeah. Um, there is one thing that I want to mention real quick before we move on to the next topic because it's not mentioned here, and there was something that honestly flew under my radar, um, and I think most people's radar is that um, Facebook announced that they are not going to produce the wire-based um, Oculuses anymore. So the Rift S is the last one that they're doing, and once that one, once they go through the production sales of that one, that's it. It's being discontinued. So it's all so wireless now. It's all wireless now, and they did that through introducing the new uh, Quest uh, 2. Okay. Which sounds cool on paper, but, but they cut so many corners from the, from the 2 that it almost seems like not worth it. Plus, the 2 is going to be the first one that's going to require people to use a Facebook account on their oculus now it doesn't because yeah. if you have one now uh you have until 2023 i think until it's required but if you buy a new headset like the quest 2 you're, it's required which really sucks and someone actually brought up a good point on another podcast is that if you get into an argument on facebook and they that person reports you and your account gets shut down that's it your game library on the on the quest two, gone. You won't have access to it anymore. Oh, you have to buy because all the to yeah, the Facebook uh, because your account is blocked. So anything tied to the account is not accessible anymore because you can't log in anymore. But you can only buy games for Quest through Facebook. Yep, well, through the through the Quest Store. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So hee <laughs> hee. Yeah, fun with that one. And also, apparently, the fidelity the, the fidelity in the in the Quest Two has been reduced dramatically. For example, the you know in in VR goggles they have individual lenses, except for in the PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to do the PlayStation VR thing where it's just one display okay. and they emulate two screens. Okay. Um, they also took out the IR sensors in the in the controllers for the for the Quest Two, so it's less accurate. Okay. So uh, the price is, I think, still the same, which confounds me. So they cut corners, but the price is still the same. Maybe people will just have to switch to alternatives. I mean, uh, or or buy a Quest One used. Yeah, I, I mean, I, the only game I played on uh, VR, I've only play, played VR once, and the only games I played were Beat Saber, and uh, there's this epic, I think, is a tech demo. In which mm-hmm. you can uh, shoot, for example, and you can catch a bullet, and you can throw it back, and you can grab a robot, and then you can pull off his head. I don't know what it's called. It was, I think, it was a tech demo, and it turned off into kind of like a game, but it's not really a, a game. It's, it's a, it's a VR experience. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I like Beat Saber. Uh, it's really cool. People, I actually saw that people use Beat Saber to work out, which is fun to see. But I'm pretty sure people that had and had a VR headset and were able to play Beat Saber. That's one of the ways they were keeping in shape during quarantine. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like Sony's commi- Sony's committed to PSVR. I mean, they're bringing out, and I didn't. I've only found out recently, but you need a a dongle to connect your PSVR to your PS5, and the dongle will be free, probably, as they said. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that's what I heard. I don't know. That's at least something. Yeah, and then they're also working on PSVR two, 
Um, and I mean, it's it's funny, but the PSVR is the best-selling VR headset. <laughs> uh, nobody expected that. But I mean, it it lives or dies with the amount of games. And I feel that VR is just niche right now. And I mean, there are good experiences out there, but it's just so small that, I mean, it's really hard to justify spending 400 euros on a VR headset just to be or three or three thousand euros or three two thousand euros uh plus on uh, a good rig yeah that can support like you know I mean, like, if you're into stuff like racing games i see some race youtubers for example that play race sims they use a vr headset i get that that's for immersion and it's like a long-term yeah. investment and i know that flight sim is, is also i think going to get a vr support i mean for those games it makes sense it makes but sense. otherwise i'm like uh, i mean I haven't really had the the the, the reason the why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the urge, uh, TGS is live as of this recording, but not a lot of interesting things have come out about that. Um, but I think it if we'd be you know doing it a disservice if we at least didn't mention it. Um, but by the time that you're hearing this, TGS will be over. Hopefully, there'll be some interesting announcements coming from that. The most that I've seen is some, you know, extra gameplay footage for a PSO uh, to New Genesis, which they should have just called New uh, PSO three. But I think I know why. It's because PSO two only came out recently in the West, and they did. I feel that they didn't want to leave, uh, you know, new Western fans that have been waiting for the for this game for so long out in the blue. So they just said, you know what, it's we're going to just call it new Genesis, but it's basically a new uh, PSO because your, your information, your, your, like your skills and stuff do not transfer, transfer over from two, but you can choose to play either regular plain all two or new Genesis two. Um, gameplay looks really cool. looks really slick for, uh, you know, for an MMO. Uh, the bit rate on that stream was kind of horrible, so the game didn't look that awesome, but the gameplay looked good. Uh, other than that, uh, I guess we'll see um, if there's some interesting stuff. You can always uh, find it on our Instagram, which is at GameRivals. Uh, but if you want something that blew your mind away, I already mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but we had a Nintendo Partner Showcase it's basically a monthly thing now so this was the september one and they started off running um pun intended because we saw a dog running in a field and then through some tory gates and then it showed up the hunter of monsters along with his palico and his brand new assistant the palamute and you can ride that puppy and kick some monster butt with it because they announced Monster Hunter Rise, and it looked amazing, especially since it's a Switch exclusive. Which is uh, to yeah. say, it, which is to say, it looked better than the last thing that they brought out, uh, Monster Hunter Rise on Switch, which was, of course, the uh, place the, the 3DS uh, re-release of uh, Generations, Generations Ultimate. And it looks, and that one looked fine, but it was uh, clearly an oppressed PlayStation, a uh, PlayStation, good grief, Nintendo 3DS game. But Monster Hunter Rise looks properly next gen, and it's running on a modified version of the RE engine. Did you just which say it looks properly next gen? Yes. But the Switch is not a next gen console. 
No, but, <laughs> but for a Monster Hunter game, it looked next gen. Okay. That's what I Okay. It, because it looked, you know, with some geometry, with some lesser geometry detail aside, it looks pretty close to what we got in Monster Hunter World, except with maybe less vegetation, but with a lot of verticality going on and a lot of fancy footwork and a lot of fancy combat thanks to the new, um, to the new item that you can use, the wire bug. Um which is an endemic life. If you're a monster hunter player, you know what that means. Um, endemic lives are basically creatures that you don't interact with, like the birds and stuff like that. But it's but you can whip around like Spider-Man in midair, climb up walls, run across mountain ranges, and use that wire bug to do some really cool, badass moves. It kind of reminds me of the... Of the hunter arts in uh, in uh, in Generations Ultimate, where you could choose a specific playstyle, and one of them was the aerial arts, which allowed you to be way more nimble in the air. And this basically does that, but on like a major scale, which is really cool. And the fact that you can have, you know, two uh, two support characters. And you can mix and match them. So you can have a Palamute and a Palico. Or you can have two Palicos or two Palamutes. Um, it's awesome. The Palamute is an attack-based support. And the uh, Palico basically does what it always does in a more supportive role. So healing and stuff like that. And uh, doing debuffs and buffs. Um, and the Palamute is just straight up attacking. So... You can have a three-man party if you're playing single-player. And if you're playing four-player multiplayer, you can have one uh, of them accompanying you. So basically, it's almost eight-player, but kind of not. But it's really cool. I really hope that there are people listening to the podcast that actually play Monster Hunter. Oh, there are. Basically, what you said is you you might as well talk Japanese to me because I didn't understand a bit of it. I'm like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, but hey. Yeah, but that's, because, that's because you never played Monster Hunter, which is fine. The thing with Monster Hunter is you don't discover Monster Hunter. People introduce Monster Hunter to you and bring you into the fold because the whole thing about Monster Hunter is the multiplayer. You can play the single player stuff, but the multiplayer is where it's at. And that's one of the things that Monster Hunter World did really well is that you could uh, have random people help you out even to this day which is a really cool feature because if you're a beginning Monster Hunter player, if you don't have anybody to coach you or guide you, you'll fall off really quickly. Maybe so, I'll uh, play it on the, the PS5 when I have the PS5 collection or the PlayStation Plus collection. Since yeah, this one is never coming there. No, I mean, Monster Hunter World is in the PlayStation. Oh, World, yeah. I don't think that one is coming to the collection, though. Monster Hunter World? I don't think so. They announced it was in the collection. Wait, it was? Yeah. Oh right, you did. They didn't announce Iceborne. Yeah, they didn't the normal the one, the, the not expansion. All right. I mean, sure. I mean, if they if 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 there's like cross gen co op, we could probably do that as well. Um, but we haven't heard anything about stuff like that, so I don't know. Cross-gen but they showed up. I don't know if, if it's available for PlayStation collection. Collection. Games, yeah. But there will be games that support cross gen, such as Black Ops Cold War will support cross gen multiplayer. I guess time will tell. But that was not the only thing that they showed during the partner showcase. They showed off another Monster Hunter game called Monster Hunter Stories 2, which is their RPG spinoff, which is kind of funny because that one was aimed at kids and it came out for the 3DS. 
apparently it did surprisingly well in the West because that's why we're seeing a Western release of this game. I'm not surprised that it's coming out at all. Um, I'm more surprised that we're getting another Western release of Monster Hunter Stories. There's also going to be some connected play things going on with between Monster Hunter Rise and Stories 2, um, but they haven't said a lot of a lot about it. Um, they did give us a release date for Monster Hunter Rise, which is March 26th. I'm actually surprised they gave us a they gave us a date. It's, uh, six a little over six months from now, which is cool. Um, other than that, they showed off a bunch of other stuff. They showed uh, Rune Factory Five, which looked really pretty. Um, it's the uh, it's the uh, what's it called again? Harvest Moon uh, RPG, uh, where you can you know, fight monsters, but also, you know, tend to your farm and get married and stuff like that. Uh, they showed off a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, but honestly, Monster Hunter Rise was the thing that caught everybody off guard because no one was expecting a new Monster Hunter. There were rumors going around, but the rumors were, seemed almost unreal and kind of flaky. Um, so, yeah, so that's a thing. Um, if you want to know more about that, uh, there's probably a video that recaps that way better than I can right now. Plus, this uh, the news segment is getting a little bit long, so we're going to round it out with the last thing. Let me just which is one thing. Yeah. You were getting completely crazy. You were going crazy over the fact that everybody's talking about the Switch Pro. But Nintendo actually, in an investor thingy last week, mentioned that they're working on a new console. Yeah. So the reason I'm not bringing that up right now is because... Um, one, I hate the Switch Pro rumors because they have been driving me insane for the past three years. Because you know you're going to have to buy a Switch Pro. No, not because of that, but because people have been saying that it's coming sooner and, you know, three years later and it's not even there. The only thing that they've said is that they're working on a next-gen system that's going to be even more about the integration of systems. But considering that the 3DS is now officially gone rest in peace 3ds you have given me many many great years of on the road gaming for a brief period of time that was the only thing that i was playing even though i had a playstation 4 um yeah i was playing pretty much 3ds all the time even if i was at home or going to work so um now that they don't have a dedicated handheld they have the hybrid system thing going on it seems logical that they would make a next gen switch what it's going to be, I don't know. The rumors also say that developers have been uh, told or asked by Nintendo to make their games 4K ready. That doesn't mean that the games are going to be 4K. It just means that at the very least, um, 4K upscaling might be a thing for their next-gen system, which is great. I just hope that they also make better Joy-Cons. <laughs> Oh, man, just make better Joy-Cons, and if you're doing 4K upscaling, that's great. That means that we're going to get, um, you know, Unreal Engine 5 games as well on that next-gen system, which means, you know, Nintendo fans don't have to worry about um, not getting, you know, the big tentpole releases, you know, except for the ones from Bethesda because, you know, it's owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Although, to be fair, Microsoft has been very generous to Nintendo fans as of late because we got, because at the end of the, the, the showcase, I do want to mention this one. At the end of the showcase, they shadow dropped uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisp on Switch. 
And they also announced a collector's edition coming to Switch as well, which I think the collector's edition is also coming to Microsoft and PC, which comes with uh, both games, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest and Will of the Wisps, as well as some cool artwork stuff and cool collectibles. The box itself looks really gorgeous, by the way. But nobody was expecting Will of the Wisps to drop, especially considering the fact that when or in the blind forest released on switch they said that there was no way that there was this was the that will of the wisp was going to come out on switch at all because the deal with microsoft was only to do up until or in the blind forest but considering the fact that they technically don't own the ip the developers do the developers basically had probably like a year grace that they had to do that they had to have the game out on uh, Microsoft systems for at least a year before they, you know, release it on other platforms. And I guess that year is up. So, yeah, that was really cool. Nice. Uh, that was a real nice thing of them. I mean, the fact that Banjo-Kazooie is a playable character in Smash is also one of these things. And uh, when they bought uh, um, Obsidian, Obsidian had already announced that there was a Switch version of The Outer Worlds coming, for better or worse. It did come out. Um, so, and plus they also said they were honoring the contracts that Bethesda already had with, uh, PlayStation with, with regards to Deathloop because Deathloop and Ghostwire are timed exclusives on PlayStation 5 and they're going to honor that. So Ghostwire and, uh, Deathloop won't be appearing on any Xbox systems anytime soon, but once that exclusivity is up, it'll show up on there as well, obviously. So who knows? I mean, Doom Eternal is still supposed to come out on Switch. The developer said that they're working on it and it's looking great on Switch, but they haven't showed hide nor hair of the Switch version. But it's still coming. So maybe it's tied to the next-gen Switch. Um, we haven't heard hide or hair of Breath of the Wild. The only thing we know is that we're getting Age of Calamity, which looks gorgeous. But who knows what Microsoft is going to do? Microsoft is more in the in getting people to buy their games and get into their ecosystems. So yeah, I mean, uh, it, it goes both ways. I mean, Microsoft can can say because a lot of people are speculating that either Starfield or Elder Scrolls will become an Xbox exclusive, but at the other side, it could be like. No, we're just going to put those games out on PlayStation and we're going to show everybody an ex a Microsoft Game Studios logo on their PlayStation when they boot up the game and they'll know like, hey, we made this happen. I mean, at the end of the day, with all the fancy talk, with all the marketing, with all the goodwill, blah, blah, it's all about mm -hmm. money. And Microsoft sure. wants and has a lot of money. So I get the argument of those games being exclusive, but at the other side, I think they're just going to release those games or either make time exclusive of those games. But in the end, those games will come to PlayStation because it's just good business and it gives them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, do you want to tackle the last thing before we uh, head into what we've been playing? Yeah. Uh, so this week, Amazon announced a gaming service. There were rumors a long while that Amazon was going to come up with something. It's called Amazon Luna. Um, it's initially launching in the U.S. and will come to the uh, the rest of the world later. They're going to use channels. So, for example, now there's um, 
and we can yeah, we can't confirm or let me just say like we don't know for sure because stadia initially was going to be like this and it did a, or we thought it was oh, going to no, be they like confirmed. this there's official artwork of the ubisoft channel coming to no no i mean like so basically the way they're pitching it is it, it's the netflix of games so yeah. there's just this beta- is actually what they're pitching is actually yeah netflix. so you're just paying a subscription and then you get access to i think it's almost 100 games that they have uh, as a variety of games, but is games you can just play. You don't have to separately buy the game. And then third parties will be able to add channels, which will add on top of your subscription. So, for example, Ubisoft is going to come up with uh, Uplay Plus, I think. And then you'll just be able to tack that on as an extra subs- uh, part of your subscription should you pay for it and then play yeah. it. Um, sounds nice. Um, they're also releasing a controller, which looks a lot like the Switch Pro controller. Uh, a lot switch pro yeah like as in if it was a little bit more off um i almost feel like nintendo might be able to sue them for patent infringement but i don't know and apparently (laughs) it's um it's It's uh, also alexa enabled uh kind of like how the um, the stadia the stadia controller is uh google assistant enabled well not yet and i think it uses the same kind of way that the controller connects with the data center directly yeah it's it's through wi-fi and you can also use your existing xbox or playstation or pc uh, peripherals on it so and then Mm -hmm. um the catch is that it's coming to certain mobile platforms including ios and it will be working in the browser so a lot of people are like trying to figure out how that's working because that would open the door for other services such as stadia and xcloud and uh, well, there was now. a little bit of breaking news that I don't know if you caught it before we we went into the recordings. Is that Microsoft is rele- is going to be releasing an iOS app which allows people to uh, do remote play from their uh, Xbox. Their Xbox, and it works over four so, G, so you can also do it outside of your house. Yeah, which is nice because I'm pretty sure that uh, the remote play on PlayStation's. Uh, app does not do that i think you have to do it over wi-fi yeah which is kind of disappointing i mean i i understand for stability and speed maybe a future update but yeah yeah if remote play will even exist on the next gen consoles well at least we know that it's gonna exist exist for xbox yeah oh well that's basically it we uh almost did a whole episode on the news so yeah (laughs) Yeah, so uh, stick around, and we'll be right back with a little bit of what we've been playing. Alrighty, so normally I would say, welcome to our second segment, what have you been playing? But we just haven't been playing a lot lately, so (laughs) we're just going to cut it short and probably just say that, Hey, because we did an hour 15, an hour 20 about the news, we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the only thing that I played was I was, um, well, Age of uh, Age of Calamity is coming out. So I was feeling nostalgic for uh, Breath of the Wild. So I've, I've been playing that, just, you know, messing around in the world and just exploring and riding around on, on my horse and just climbing stuff and failing at uh, killing basic enemies because it's been like a year since i played that (laughs) but outside from that nothing really except for spell break but i already talked about spell break and nothing's changed there 
Now, I mean, as I just said, I was about to play um, God of War, but yeah. I can play that on the PS5 with the PlayStation Plus collection. And I wanted to sp- play Spider-Man for a while now, but then I thought, you know what? If I buy the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition, I can play Spider-Man there as well. I did dabble into Rocket League again because oh, as, I, of, I, I as of well. last week, as of last week, it went free to play. I played Rocket League last week. It was it wasn't a lot, but I played it like for a couple of matches. It was my first yeah. time ever. Oh, really? Wait, yeah. did you get the free version? No, I had the PS Plus version. Like ah, so that means that out. you got grandfathered in, didn't you? Did you also get like a whole bunch of stuff? Uh, I think so. I had like a lot of cars I could pick from and like, uh, I could yeah, customize because, my cars and stuff. Be- because Rocket League before this was a core day paid game that yeah. you had to pay 20 bucks for. And I did on Switch. And when they switched, well, when they switched over for one, <laughs> there was, the, over. <laughs> um, apparently they, they are working with Epic now and that's why it's free to play because it's working on Epic's, uh, yep. uh, services um and when it went live nobody could play and it was during a tournament so people were pissed online (laughs) but when it was finally online i got like a ton of stuff ton of free stuff because i'm a legacy Mm. uh player um i think anybody that owned the paid version so you probably also got like a ton of legacy stuff probably um but the, the the extra thing for Nintendo fans, of course, if you bought it when you when it came out first, you have the uh, the Luigi car and the Samus car. Um, so those are really cool because they have unique stuff. Um, and they look really cool. And I don't know what it is, but I was actually pretty decent in one match. I actually was the hat trick maker. Oh, nice. So I scored three goals in one match. I only was and, able to score one goal. And then... One match, I was dropped into a match already in progress and losing hard. So, you know, there was no chance in recovering there. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was fun. I i don't know what kind of magic panic button has been doing lately with Rocket, with Rocket League, but it looked really good. And I was playing in handheld mode. I know they added a performance and quality mode, but I was playing in performance mode because I want 60 frames. And it just looks really pretty, even on handles, like really pretty. I want to play it on my TV, but um, I haven't been able to do that yet. But wow, I, I, uh, I want to tackle that again. I, I like, briefly played a little bit of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because I haven't finished that. But for some reason, the game started to stutter and all sorts of stuff. And I'm playing it on PlayStation uh, on my PS4 Pro. So eventually mm-hmm. I just switched over to... Uh, uh, so you can either do 4K mode or like 1080p, but then with 60 FPS. Yeah, so switch over to quality mode, yeah. yeah, and I switched over to 1080p with 60 FPS, and it, it was it was so strange because I'm used to 4K 30, and now it was 1080p 60. So like and the characters move all smooth mother. and so <laughs> like whoa, it felt strange. But I had I, I don't know if it's an issue with the game or with my TV, but because of the HDR, some areas look so dark, and mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't see things. So eventually, I thought, like, okay, this is one of those games I'm just gonna have to play at night uh, yeah. to be able to see anything. But I've like played it for an hour or something. It's not really worth mentioning. I hope to play it a little bit more in the coming weeks so I can mention it properly at a, what I have been playing. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully by then we'll have a bit more to talk about. Like I said, it's the fall of games. There are a bunch of games that are about to come out in the next coming weeks, not to mention next-gen launches in November. So, uh, Sean Templer, will you do the honors? I will. So, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, there are a lot of ways you can reach out to us. Please do. So, we have a Twitter uh, at game underscore rivals underscore. You can also tweet at Maximilian, which is at Maximilian. Um, we have a email address. You can just get into contact with us or if you want to share feedback or any, anything, game rivals feedback at gmail.com. We have an Instagram page at game rivals and we're doing a lot more on Instagram. So don't forget to follow and like there. Um, that's also the quickest way I think to, to be, uh, to reach out to us. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, and Maximilian mentioned it, but I made a short video on my impressions on uh, Star, uh, Star Wars, no, Star Wars. <laughs> Call, Call of Duty, yeah, the Call Black of Duty, Ops, Black War. Ops, Cold War, Alpha, Arcade Blobs, Cold War. Wow, yeah, that. Um, so you can definitely check that out on our YouTube channel. We will also put the link in the description. And then we're always available on all podcast platforms. So we're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, you name it, we're there. A cool feature of Anchor is that you can drop us a voice message. So, for example, in either the app or in the link in the description, you can just send us a voice message. You don't have to create an account for that. Um, you can just reach out to us and, hey, we might be able to feature you as a game rival. Um, I think I got it all there, right? Yeah, and uh, don't forget to give us uh, five stars on whatever platform you're listening to us because that'll allow us to come up more in the rankings so that more people will discover us, so please do. Um, and that's basically it, yeah. That's it. I have and always will be Sean Templer. And I have and always will be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Laters. <laughs>